Hello everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Views from the John podcast. I am your host, John Ares, and welcome to episode 49. Quickly, before we get started, please hit that thumbs up button and hit subscribe. And if you could, hit the notifications and maybe even share the video with one of your friends or families or enemies that you think might like or hate this video. Let's get into it. Uh, it's a disappointing morning for me. Actually, it's now afternoon. Today is the typical day that I record the podcast. And somebody who was here with me last week, who was supposed to be here with me this week, is missing. He's not there. Average Joe or Simple Joe. I think I like Simple Joe better. And I think the reason I like Simple Joe better, you know, Average Joe. Average Joe is definitely like one of those terms. You know, he's just an Average Joe. But I like Simple Joe. And I think the reason why I like Simple Joe instead of Average Joe because I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan. And when I think of uh, Simple, I think of Simple Rick. Remember when uh, in the episode, it was season three, uh, where Rick and Morty go to uh, Atlantis, but yet the whole episode has to do with what's going on at the Citadel. And there's a big factory where all these different uh, Ricks are making these uh, like wafer crackers. And when you bite into one of these crackers, it's supposed to give you the feeling that Simple Rick did uh, when he like uh, like was picking up his kid or something like that, like maybe Morty or something like that. So they basically captured uh, how his body felt when he had this great moment, and they called him Simple Rick. Rick, and they were extracting that brain fluid out of him and then incorporating it into every cookie so when you ate a simple rick cookie you'd get that same feeling that simple rick did in that moment right so one of the ricks that are in the factory that day uh they try to break out and then the owner of simple ricks who is or the owner of you know ricky wonka or whatever the guy is called uh, ends up taking the Rick that tried to escape that ended up killing Simple Rick and he put Rick into that same chair and they started to extract out of his head that feeling that Simple Rick got when Simple Rick thought that he was escaping so they came out with a new cookie where it's no longer Simple Rick's memory it's the escaping Rick's memory of that freedom he felt running out that door and then every time you eat one of those cookies you get that feeling of freedom of him running out the door. And that was a pretty complex explanation, but I'm telling you, Rick and Morty is probably, arguably, the best adult cartoon ever. I can't compare it to South Park, The Simpsons, Family Guy, The Cleveland Show, American Dad, because those are like more outrageous comedy type of slapstick adult cartoons, whereas Rick and Morty is humorous, but it's more of a dark, intelligent humor, and there's tragedy in it, there's like real-life emotions in it, uh, there's action, there's adventure, there's twist plots. I've never seen anything like it. Um, I am obsessed with Rick and Morty, and I keep getting some of my friends to uh, 
get into Rick and Morty, but they just don't trust me, I guess. I'm just like, dude, I'm telling you, you watch uh, this, you know, show and you're gonna become addicted to it. It's like, eh, 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 you know, whatever, it's your loss. But anyways, that's where I came up with the whole Simple Joe. Shit was from Rick and Morty. So anyways, yes, I do not have Simple Joe here. And having Simple Joe here last week, really kind of what I think brought me out of my shell. Um, you know, because when I'm here by myself doing a podcast, I'm here by myself. It's like I'm doing stand-up uh, virtually. There's nobody looking at me. I don't have any kind of instant feedback. And it kind of takes away from what I want to do. But when I have somebody at least in the room, like a live person, it makes me elevate my game. And I thought I had some really cool, funny things to talk about today, but not having him here this week, especially when he told me he would, you know, I'm like, dude, there's 168 hours in a week. And I'm, all I'm asking for is one of those 168 hours. And uh, I thought I was going to get him this week, but I don't. And now I think he's pissed off at me because he's like, dude, you know, I'm busy. And I'm like, I know, dude, we've already had this conversation. Anyways, so it's a big disappointment for me. So I have no idea what we're going to talk about. But I have another iPhone in front of me that has a whole... Look at all these, look at all these topics. Look at this. This is all the different shit that I could be talking about today. Look at this. So it's like, how do I pick? But I did go over this note last night and uh, I got some ideas about what I'm going to talk about. But this is the kind of shit that should be done at a pre-production uh, type of meeting. But what am I going to do? I'm going to have a pre-production with myself, the producer, myself, the podcaster. Myself, the fucking agent. I don't know. Anyways, let's just get right into it. You know what's amazing to me? And I don't think enough people talk about this or really concentrate on it. But it's amazing how musical our assholes can be. Uh, I, I'm sure you've heard the term butt trumpet or a butt trombone. But don't tell me that you haven't passed gas it had it literally sound like it was a trumpet or a trombone. It's amazing. I don't know. I remember being in college and somebody had like a shit poster in their dorm room. And it like showed 50 different types of shits like the disappearing shit, the stinky shit, the 10 foot long shit, like all the different types of shits that you could take. But has anybody ever categorized the different sounds that your asshole can make? Honest to God, dude. Um, let's not get it twisted. I don't give a shit how rich you are, how poor you are, what race you are, what gender you are. Everybody poops. Everybody farts. Okay? It's just part of life. So because we all do it, let's have a discussion about it. But I'm telling you. Your asshole is this amazing musical instrument. And the way you can get different sounds out of your asshole is dependent upon how much air you got behind it, right? And then how fast or slowly you might push into that trombone or trumpet piece, right? 
I mean, there's all sorts of farts. There's the squeaker, the one that sounds like you're stepping on a mouse real slowly. It like comes out like, right? And then there's the ass flapper. You've had the ass flapper where literally it's such a big release of air that your ass cheeks literally flap apart. It's like, here's your ass cheeks and you fart and you're like, and then very slowly they stop slapping again. Um, but honest to God, I've been, I don't know if it's my new diet that I'm on where I'm losing all this weight, but like I have a lot of gas and it really doesn't smell, but it's just amazing that when you like have a fart and you got that air kind of up to that piece of the trumpet, right? And whether you want to let it out slowly or quickly or in bursts, you can literally get your asshole to make different noises. We talked about the squeaker and about the ass flapper, but there's definitely a trumpet. A lot of the uh, farts I've been making lately, they literally sound like somebody's blowing into a trumpet for like a couple seconds. It's like, or like a foghorn. So you got the trumpet, there's the trombone, and then you got the squeaker, the high-pitched one, and then you got the real uh, like uh, ass floppy one, which is like, and you can actually hear your, and see your ass flap shaking. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable how musical your asshole can be. And uh, experiment with this every now and then. Um, it's literally no different than putting your mouth up to like a flute or like a trombone. You gotta, you gotta push air into that clarinet or that trombone to get the different sounds out, right? So the air that's being pushed out is the gas pressure, right? Coupled with how much force you put behind that, uh, that, that gas, right? And if you really push it out hard, you're gonna get something ass flappy and deep, or you might get one of those high pitched 15 second long squeakers. So try it out. We have musical instruments all over our body. I mean, over here, I have a bass guitar that you can't see. Over here, I have an electric. Over here, I have an acoustic. And I have another electric behind the camera over here. But uh, literally anything can be used as an instrument. I like to play drums. I, I can pick up these two pens. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, anything can be used as a, as a uh, as an instrument. Uh, another thing I love to do when I drum, and I'm pretty sure an inventor already came out with this, but I'm not very good behind an acoustic kit. But if you put me behind an 808 or like a or like a trap, which is more of an electronic, uh, you know, beat sequencer. I can make beats like the like the best of them, but you put me behind a real kit and I can only kind of go dun dun, tah, dun dun, tah. you know, I'm real basic when it comes to the, when the snare and everything. But uh, what was my point about all that? I had a point talking about drums and the fact that I'm not a drummer. Don't you love it? This is why I need Joe to suck me back in and make me remember what the hell I was just talking about. But yeah, your asshole is very musical. Uh, okay, drumming, yes. I love to drum and I love to make up beats, but when I don't have my drum machine or I don't have an 808, uh, I typically end up writing drum beats on my chest and on my leg. So my chest is the bass drum and my leg is the snare. 
So if I'm trying to come up with a beat, I'll be like, I don't know if the microphone's picking that up. Kick, kick, snare, kick, 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 snare, kick, kick, snare, kick, 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 snare. I'm always drumming on my chest and like on my leg or something as the snare. And then like the bassy uh, chest part for the bass drum. That's literally how I come up with a lot of my beats first. So I thought about what if you were able to wear a bass drum, like an, like an electronic pad. So when you hit your chest, it's hitting a trigger for the bass drum. And then you could put a little sensor on your knee or whatever you wanted to it, that when you slapped it with your hand, it's a trigger that makes the snare sound. So it's like wearable drums. So for people that like to drum on their chest, like I do, I'm pretty sure somebody came up with it where you can actually wear triggers wherever you put them, which is pretty cool. Um, but anyways, there's even whistling. Whistling is an instrument. I tried whistling last week and couldn't do it. Does any, is anybody out there an expert whistler? I used to whistle like uh, the seven dwarfs. I mean, crazy whistling. I could even do like the, like that, you know, that the super loud whistle that you might hear like an arena. Um, but literally over the last like five, six years, when I try to whistle, I can't do it. It takes a lot of like concentration. What am I doing wrong? Is it my teeth? Is it my lips? Why did I used to be able to whistle, but I can't now? Somebody write it in and explain it to me. I don't understand it. All right. Check this out. Ch-ch-ch-chia. You ever seen the commercials? Those chia pet things, I think, have been out. They might have came out in like the late 80s. And still in 2020, like the like coming into the fourth quarter of 2020, you still see chia pets advertised on TV. I don't know if I've ever seen a product like that advertised and sold for that many years. And you've seen it. All it is is like a ceramic uh, pig or a bald guy. And then you take this like seed spread that looks like butter or cream cheese and you spread it all over the back of the thing. You just add water. It's basically a ceramic uh, thing that looks like a head or a pet, but it's really just a, like a modified, uh, uh, what do they plant plants in, John? Not a vase, a pot. It's just a modified hybrid pot that's been shaped to look like a dude's head, right? And then you spread the seed on the, on the bald guy's head and then hair grows, right? So I'm watching the Chia Pet the other day on TV and they're showing a bald guy. It's a bald Chia Pet that looks just like me. It's a guy without glasses that just has a bald head. So let's say I'm the Chia Pet. And then they come over with this like, uh, with this like, uh, with this fork or whatever, not a fork, a spoon. Man, am I an idiot. So they go over to the Chia Pet. And let's say I'm the Chia Pet. And they have this like spread that looks like cream cheese or butter. And they just, you know, they spread everything all over the fucking Chia Pet. And then they start pouring water over the top of it. And like a week later, the Chia Pet has got a full head of hair. Now, you probably have heard the story. My whole life, I had a full head of hair that went down to here. 
the hairline. Then I used to like spike up the bangs and have a fade and shit. And then as you can see, my hairline, which started out here, has come back to about here. This is where my hair starts. And then in the corners, it goes back even more. And up the top of here, I got a bald spot. So I'm like, all right, I'm not getting hair plugs. I'm not wearing a wig. Um, you can be white and have a goatee and have a shaved head and not be considered a skinhead anymore. So I said, fuck it. Rather than crying about my hair loss and being subconscious about it, I'm just gonna shave it the fuck off, right? But the other night, when I'm watching this Chia Pet, I'm thinking to myself, we've had this shit since 89, where you can take a, like, a bald ceramic thing and spread some cheese whiz on it, add some water, and then a week later, the thing's got a full head of hair. We can't do that for humans. You mean to tell me that like I can't spread the Chia Pet shit on my head and add water and then maybe have like a, a green afro? Something? I'm telling you. We got all these people working on fucking Chia Pet spreads and making your erection last 10 hours. But somehow we can't cure baldness, the common cold, the coronavirus, cancer, AIDS... But yet we're coming up with like solar-powered flashlights and waterproof raincoats. Just shit that doesn't make sense. Figure it out. I don't get it. But tell me why we can make a Chia Pet grow hair. A bald Chia Pet. But yet we can't grow it on my head. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I found myself doing last night? Of course you don't because you weren't there. But I'm going to tell you. I had to count to 30. And why did I have to count to 30? Well, I had to reset my uh, my whole internet system. You know, the cable, internet, router, fucking bullshit. I unplugged it all. And I've been told you gotta wait about 30 seconds, then you plug it back in. So I start counting. And I haven't counted in a while, but I remember how to do it. It goes one, then two, then three. But I wanted to make sure that it was like an accurate count, you know? So do I do the one 1,000, the two 1,000, the three 1,000? That seems like it's more than a second. So here's what I found myself doing subconsciously. And I'm glad I caught myself doing it because it was fucking ridiculous. And I don't know how broken my mind is to do this, but here's what I caught myself doing. I was counting to 30 but I was counting 30 out loud to the same cadence of the, of the alphabet song. Do you understand what I just said? You, you, do you know what the alphabet song is? It goes A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, L, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z, now I know my ABCs, won't you come and fuck with me? Whatever it is, right? That's the cadence. I found myself counting to 30 in the cadence of the ABC song. So I was like, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 
21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34. So I figured out, okay, that you have to count to 34 in order to count using the now I know my ABC songs. And now that I just sung that for you, I'm, the same cadence that's for the ABC song is Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, isn't it? I never fucking realized that. Another real life moment here on the Views from the John. Right? Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Now I know my ABCs. Right? A, B, C, D, E, F, J. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> I don't know. I guess the people that came up with this stuff wasn't uh, weren't very creative. All right. This is going to get disgusting, but it's self-deprecating comedy. Not only is it self-deprecating, it's also self-defecating. I've told you people before, but in case you forgot, I am a bit of a hypochondriac. I've gotten a lot better, but I used to give myself major panic and anxiety attacks because I would feel like a stomach ache and then I would pull up WebMD and I would be like, okay, I got a stomach ache. And then it would literally five minutes later, it had me thinking I had stomach cancer. Freaking the fuck out. I stopped doing that, okay? I've gotten a lot better. However, it doesn't mean I haven't had some crazy stories about hypochondria in the past, especially when it comes to bowel movements. And I just want to toss this story out there to see how funny it is, to see how relatable it is, and see if you or anyone you know has ever done something like this. But this goes back to 2004, 2005, when I was living in the city of Charleston, South Carolina. And here's what it goes. Or here's how the story goes. I took a shit. And when I got up to wipe, I do look down at the toilet bowl to admire what I've done. And when I looked down inside the toilet bowl, something caught my eye. Something you shouldn't see. There was the shit, and then there was something floating in the toilet that definitely did not belong there. And all I could, all I could describe it as was like an eight-inch-long tapeworm. It literally looked like a flat tapeworm that was about six inches long. It wasn't the color of my shit, and I've never seen anything like it. I know that sometimes when you eat corn or other shit like that, it doesn't completely digest. But what I saw in the toilet that night was unlike anything I had ever seen before in the history of shitting. And this is back when I was a, a hypochondriac. I looked down at the bowl, I saw like a worm in it, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Did I just shit out a fucking worm? Like, whoa. So I panicked. And thankfully, the girl that I was dating at the time was super chill. She was like one of my best friends. And I could actually have a conversation about her, uh, with her, about bowel movements. And she wouldn't get grossed out. How cool of a chick is that, man? Uh, I think that was Beth. 
I won't say her last name, but she did give a massage to Michael Jordan. I will say that. And now that I'm thinking about that, even though she was a professional masseuse, I don't think I ever got a massage, a professional massage from her. But I did have an happy ending. <laughs> oh, shit. Anyways, so she was super cool to the point where we could talk about our bowel movements. And I think she might have even been a little bit of a hypochondriac. Maybe that's how we really connected. But anyways, I call her up and I'm like, baby, I just took a shit and there's something floating in it that really concerns me. And she's like, what is it? Can you take a picture of it? And I don't know, at the time of the mid 2000s, like cell phone cameras were like one megapixel. They didn't really take good pictures. So I really couldn't take a picture of it and text it to her. Even back then, texting hadn't caught on yet. So what I had to do is I think I took a paper towel and then I found like a toothpick or a stick and I fished out this tapeworm or what I thought was a tapeworm out of my shit out of the toilet and I placed it on a napkin. <laughs> so now I have this thing laying on a napkin that I've taken out of the toilet bowl, sitting on the bathroom sink. And I'm freaking out. I mean, I'm having an all out anxiety attack. I literally think that I just shit out some kind of like, like worm, like uh, Craig T. Nelson swallowed in uh, like Poltergeist 2. Like I'm gonna puke up a fucking skeleton or now or some shit. I mean, I'm literally freaking the fuck out. Wouldn't you? If you were to take a shit right now and you go to look down and you see a worm in there, wouldn't you be like, whoa, what's going on? Now imagine you're a hypochondriac and you're, I mean, I freaked out. So she ends up coming over and here I am with my girlfriend in my master bathroom looking at the counter of some weird thing that I've put on a paper towel that just shit out of me. And we're, and we're sitting there looking at it like two scientists. And do you want to know what it was, people? Can anybody out there guess what looks like an eight inch long tapeworm, but isn't actually a worm? It's another piece of food that we eat all the time that for some reason our bodies don't digest very well. And now that I know this, when I see it in the toilet, I don't freak out anymore. But here's the punchline. What I thought was an eight inch tapeworm was the skin of a tomato. <laughs> so yes, if you were to take a tomato right now and then take uh, like a peeler, uh, when I used to bartend a lot, we had this device for making like, uh, you know, for cutting like a, uh, like a, uh, like a twist out of an orange or a, uh, like a lemon. If you were to take a, uh, a tomato right now and literally peel off, you know, maybe a, a quarter inch wide, eight inch long tomato skin, and you swallow that shit, when you shit it out, you're going to shit it out the same way you swallowed it. So yeah, I eat a lot of like diced up tomatoes. Uh, I love tomatoes and tomato skins, your body does not break down. So literally, if you're eating a lot of tomatoes, when you take a shit, you're shitting out the tomato skin. 
So it just happened to be, I don't know if I ate like one singular potato skin, or not potato, tomato skin, but literally that's what it was. Your body does not break down corn. It doesn't break down tomato skins. So if you happen to eat an eight inch long tomato skin that looks perfectly like a tapeworm and you shit it out, it's actually not a worm. It's just a tomato skin. So I got all worked up and got my girlfriend involved, physically looking at the shit I took, all to determine that it wasn't a tapeworm, that I wasn't about to puke out a skeleton, it was just a tomato skin. And that's my point. You can literally apply everything I did wrong in that situation to 2020. It's about not jumping to conclusions not panicking, not jumping the gun, and not having a panic or anxiety attack, and thinking about what you're looking at logically, do some investigation, and when I did that, I came to the conclusion that I shit out a tomato skin, not a fucking alien worm. But that's the first thing that my mind jumped to when I saw it in the toilet, was that I just shit out something from alien. And that is a perfect example for how people react to anything Trump says or anything they see on Twitter or people hear that Ellen DeGeneres is mean, so let's just cancel it. It must be true. Quit it. Quit doing it. You're not doing the country, yourself, your neighbor, your brother, or anybody a favor by just reacting rather than just taking the information in, being cool, investigating it, and then coming to a conclusion. I used to do it with health problems. I'm a lot better than I used to be. But there you go. Have you ever taken a shit and then had to fish something out of it because you're like, what the fuck is this? It's happened to me more than that one time. But literally in the last like eight, 10 years, I've completely gotten over that. I look at my shit, I admire it, but if there's something weird in the bowl, like a dead mouse or whatever. I'm just like, hey, you know, at least I fucking shit it out, right? <sighs> there are, literally, I was really looking forward to doing this podcast today because I have some really funny things in here that I think are gonna really kill, but I need to have Joe or Josh here because they're gonna get laughing hysterically. It's gonna make me laugh hysterically and it's gonna make the bit better but I have to avoid some of these um, and not talk about it until next week. Um, but literally that hypochondria and bowel movement was a story I was gonna tell. And I think it would have been funnier if somebody was else, somebody else was here because they would have been laughing, which would have got me laughing harder, which probably would have got you laughing harder. So this is what you get. It's like I'm telling stand-up for only one person and that's you. And uh, you're going to have a better time laughing at a comedian with 50 other people laughing with you or just yourself, right? Just like Bill Burr is funny on his podcast. But when you get a guest on his podcast or it's the Bill and Burt Kreischer podcast and then Burt gets laughing hysterically, that starts me making starts me making laugh it starts making me laugh and then bill gets laugh and then everybody at home starts laughing laughter is contagious so i need that laughter fucking guy in my corner okay that's just how it is
Uh, let's next, what's next? You know, this is one of the topics I didn't know whether I was going to talk about today, whether I had Joe here or not. So basically, I'm going to use all my secondary shit I was going to skip for today's podcast. So this will just be episode 49. We'll, we'll entitle this episode Shit, because it's literally all my, like, you know, stuff I was going to pass on, right? But this is called closed captioning. This bit, not even a bit, it's a rant, it's a story. It's called closed captioning. Have you ever watched TV with closed captioning? I used to hate it, but I watch everything with closed captioning on now. And you might ask yourself, if I'm not hard of hearing, which I'm not, and I'm not deaf, why would I watch something with closed captioning on? And here's why. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think I did it for two reasons. Uh, because I literally have the TV on 24 hours a day if I'm home. And sometimes I have it on mute, but I still like to know what's going on. So if you've got the closed captioning going on, you can follow what they're doing without volume. Another reason I turn it on is because in a lot of movies or TV shows, somebody might say something really quickly or in an accent that I can't understand. But when you're reading along with the words, you actually know what they're saying. And I can't even count how many movies I've watched that I've watched a hundred times, like Jaws, Back to the Future, with the closed captioning on now. And I realized all these years later that the words I thought they were saying, they weren't. So now that I've had closed captioning running on literally every TV show I watch, whether it's Netflix, Hulu, or even cable, or HBO, whatever, uh, the closed captioning is on and I'm discovering that a lot of the lines or words that I thought that they said in these movies or shows wasn't actually what they uh, were saying. And this is no bullshit, okay? Um, I grew up as a huge hockey fan, uh, mostly because of my father, huge, huge Boston sports guy, Patriots, Bruins, Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins, Red Sox. Patriots, Bruins, Red Sox, fucking Celtics. God damn it. I'm telling you, if you were to put me on the spot right now and ask my name, I'd forget it. But anyways, I grew up in a Boston household watching the Bruins, Celtics, Patriots, and Red Sox, and especially hockey. And growing up watching the Bruins... I remember it was Ray Bork, it was Cam Neely, it was Andy Moog, and uh, the, the, the best rivalry in hockey, just like, uh, you know, uh, the Red Sox-Yankees, it was, it was the Montreal Canadiens and the Bruins. So growing up watching a lot of hockey, especially with so many Canadian teams, they sing the national anthem and they sing the Canadian anthem too. So I've heard the Canadian National Anthem, even though I'm not Canadian, thousands of times in my life. So I actually know the anthem. So I'm wondering, like, do Canadians that live in Canada, because they've heard uh, the American National Anthem so, time, so many times, do you guys know the anthem? Because I know the Canadian Anthem, even though I'm not from Canada, just from watching hockey. But here's where it gets interesting. I'm watching hockey the other night and they're singing the Canadian National Anthem. But now they have closed captioning on the screen, or I do. 
in all of these years, I thought that the lyrics to the Canadian National Anthem were one way until the other night. <laughs> and here's what I was fucking up with the Canadian National Anthem. Please forgive me. It was an innocent mistake. I want to see if anyone else out there thought this like I did. Or maybe I'm just the only crazy person. Okay? Um... I'm actually going to attempt to sing the national anthem, the Canadian national anthem, so you can hear what I'm saying, or you can understand what I'm saying, okay? Um, let's see. Uh, how to, See, here I am. When I get put on the spot, it goes out the door. But if the camera was off, I could literally do it. Okay. Oh, Canada. My home and native land, true patriot love. I don't know the other words. Da 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 da. Oh Canada, we stand on God for thee. Oh Canada. We stand on God for thee. In all these years, I've wondered why they were talking about how they were standing on God for thee. Oh, Canada, we stand on God. Like if I'm God and you're Canada, you're literally standing on top of me. And... I never understood what they meant. So I just thought with the Canadian language being a little different than English, that what they meant by standing on God, it was just like standing by him or standing with him. But the other night when I'm watching hockey, I realized after literally 35 years of singing the Canadian national anthem wrong, they're not saying we stand on God for thee. They're saying we stand on, on guard for thee. But I'm telling you, if you didn't know that, next time you hear anybody sing the Canadian national anthem, especially at like a hockey game, really try to listen for that uh those words and tell me if you can tell that he's saying on guard or whether he's saying on god because every time somebody sings the canadian national anthem it sounds to me like they're saying we stand on god for thee but in reality they're saying we stand on guard you get it on guard g-u-a-r-d on guard not on god on guard for thee so all these years i've been singing the canadian national anthem wrong and if you're canadian i apologize you should be happy i even know your anthem and respect it and sing it because people probably spit on america's anthem and don't know it right even people who live here so i respect your anthem i nothing against canadians i love you guys um but i was getting your national anthem wrong thinking that you were saying that you stand on god but you're actually standing on guard. So I apologize. Namaste. I I I, I won't let I, I, I won't make that mistake again. I promise you. I promise you. 
You know what I haven't seen in a long time? A long time. And I want to know what happened. And I suppose I could Google it, but I'm trying to get away from Google because every time you Google something, George Soros gets like another trillion dollars. And I, you know what I would fully support in this country? I, or across the world, I would fully support like a, like a cap, a cap space like in sports like every team has a cap space like uh you know i know it's supposed to be all about capitalism and all this shit right but like what does one family or one guy need a trillion dollars for i'm not shitting you when i say if i had a hundred thousand dollars cash right now cash it would be life-changing for me a hundred grand cash would literally change my life. Just a hundred grand. There are stand-up comics that make a hundred grand for doing an hour set in a theater. Believe it. Artie Lang got paid $97,000 in a check and got handed about another 10 grand in cash after doing their Bergada in Atlantic City in 2009. So if you don't think some of these top name comedians are making six figures a show, oh yeah. One show. A hundred grand right now would literally change my life. That's it. Imagine if you had 200 grand. Imagine if you had a million. Do you know how much a billion dollars is? A billion dollars is 900. No, I'm sorry. A billion dollars is a thousand million dollars. Let's say there was a million dollar bill. You would have a thousand million dollar bills. That's a billion dollars. Do you think a billionaire would even notice a hundred grand missing from their account? That would be like me having like $5,000 in my checking account right now and noticing like 10 cents went missing from it. Now, George Soros, this guy is a trillion, trillion heir. Which means if there was a billion dollar bill, this guy's got a thousand of them. And he continues to get richer. And it's like, why does one person or one family need a trillion dollars? A trillion. I'm pretty sure that on less than a million dollars, maybe even 500,000, I could survive comfortably the rest of my hopefully 40 plus years I have left on this planet. I could live comfortably the rest of my life, never having to work again off of 500 grand or less. Now imagine if you had a million or 10 million or a hundred million or a billion or a trillion. You can live in 50 castles, have 100 butlers, have 80,000 cars, 15 yachts, 20 homes, and you're still going to have billions left. What are you going to do with that money? Take it to your grave? I don't get it. I would seriously like to see a cap limit put on the amount of money that one person in this world can have. Do you think George Soros could still live a great life? 
if he was, let's say, had a hundred million dollars in the bank? I do. So why don't we take George Soros's uh, $900 million and maybe $50 billion of his dollars and redistribute that wealth to families across the country and the world that could need it? Seriously, tell me the reason why one person in America needs a trillion dollars when I could live the next 40 years off of like two, $300,000 comfortably with a car and a house. So that's just it. You can be rich in America and have a hundred grand in the, and have a hundred million dollars, but anything over a hundred million that you make should be siphoned off and given back to the fucking people that literally work and bust their ass every day and can't get ahead in this country. I'm not talking the people that choose to collect a welfare check and not contribute anything to society. Not those people. I'm talking the hardworking people that instead of sitting on their ass and collecting a government check and popping out babies every fucking year, they'll go down to McDonald's and put that silly fucking hat on and make a minimum wage because they'd rather work than fucking suck off the government tip. Those people. I'd like to take George Soros' money and give it to those people or people like me that actually contribute to fucking society. But seriously, are you a billionaire or a millionaire or a trillionaire? Explain to me why you need all that money because it's yours. Well, that's great. That's great. If you're a professional athlete and you just signed a $100 million contract, that's great. But I'm telling you, there's a point where one person can have more money than they could ever possibly spend. And that's if they're buying every castle, every house, every car, every vacation home, 50 yachts, 100 butlers. You still have billions left over. Nobody should have that money. Nobody. George Soros could probably buy America 10 times over. So when you have that kind of money, and money in this world is power. Do you think George Soros is up to some no good by flashing some money and power in some fucking people's faces? I'm telling you, George Soros is behind the majority of everything bullshit going on in this country that has to do with democracy or liberalism. He's the one funding it. He's funding it out of his pocket. And why is that? For the greater good of this country? Or is there something more sinister at work here? I'll leave you with that question, but just ask yourself. Ask yourself, why is George Soros funding all these crazy things on the left? And ask yourself, do we need a salary cap in America or in this country? Like, let's say it's $100 million. Let's say you made, fi let's, let's say you made $500 million. You get to keep $100 million of it, which will have you set for life, private jets, planes, women, whatever you want. But that other $400 million is going to go to people less fortunate that really do try to work and hard, but haven't had quite the success you have. Honest to God. Like, let's do what Robin Hood did. Steal from the rich and give to the poor. Not to the poor that choose to be poor and sit there and choose to suck off the government tit. But the people who are poor and struggling that actually go out and contribute to society but can't catch a break. Let's give those people the money. 
I'm all about salary capping people. And I don't give a shit, dude. If I could go live the rest of my life on 500 grand, which I could, if I was to come into millions of dollars, I'm giving it away. Money does not buy you fucking happiness. It doesn't. You can't take it to your grave. There's people out there struggling that really try hard. Those people should be getting these trillions of dollars that are sitting in people's bank accounts, not George Soros, so he can go inject himself with fucking adrenochrome and fuck this country up while he smokes a cigar and laughs at it. That's exactly what he's doing, motherfucker. So yeah, I'm boycotting Google because of George Soros. And let me tell you something, George. Oh, God. He probably has got some of the most elite bodyguards in the world. But I would love to meet that guy in a back corner alley with five minutes alone. Whew. Anyways. Uh, I don't know what got me on that rant. But I'm happy I said it. Oh, yeah. Because I was talking about Googling something. Yeah, that's a really quick way to Google something. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll use Bing. Isn't Bing a search engine that's owned by Bill Gates? But there's, there we go. Bill Gates is another elitist. You don't think he's got interests in the election and some other shit that might fuck America up? I'm telling you, man. I buy into all that shit, and I'm not going to get into it. But you bet, you bet your ass it ain't no conspiracy theory. It's truth. It's facts. Spitting facts. All right, so yes, I did not Google this, but it's a great question because growing up, everybody had one of these in their backyard. And now in 2020 or maybe 2010, the last 10 years, they've literally disappeared. And I don't know if that's because PETA or the government banned them or they just kind of fell by the wayside. But what happened to bug zapper lights? You remember the bug zapper lights? I grew up with these things. We had one of the big blue light bug zappers hanging off my parents' back deck. And one of the sounds that you would hear all night long in the summertime is zzz, 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 you know? Every time a bug would hit that light, it zzz, zzz. And sometimes, there'd be something really big, like a giant, like mutant moth that would hit it. And then you'd hear like, <laughs> but everybody had a bug zapper light in the eighties and nineties. Every house had a bug zapping light. And I don't know, but I gotta imagine in this uptight world that we live in now, where everything is triggering, everything is offensive, the social justice warrior shit, I have to imagine that some group like that said, we can't torture insects by having them fly into some blue light. Am I wrong? Am I? Did PETA or a liberal have anything to do with getting rid of bug zapping lights because they were zapping bugs and we have to care about a fucking, uh, uh, you know, mosquito flying around with Ebola, you know? or Eastern equine encephalitis or whatever that shit is. Literally, mosquitoes are miniature vampires. They land on you and stick a hypodermic needle in your arm, siphon off your blood. And they could have just bit somebody a half an hour ago that had Ebola, HIV, coronavirus. 
but yet we want to protect mosquitoes? We can't have a bug zapping light? Holy shit, people. When did America become such a pussy? <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people just uh, stopped buying them because they were sick of the zit, zit, zit. I don't know. But I'm tending to think with my giant ignorance that uh, it had something to do with PETA or a liberal that said we just can't have bugs zapping lights. <laughs> Cut it out. Uh, all right, I got one more question for you guys, and I'm going to wrap this up. I can't believe I've been talking for as long as I've been talking, but that's a good thing, right? Like I'm telling you, this episode is probably going to suck. I apologize for it, but I'm waiting till next week when I have my fucking co-host back to give you my funniest and best material. I promise you next week's podcast will fucking probably be the best we've had yet, and it's going to be the one-year anniversary and 50th show that we've had, okay? But the last thing I want to talk about, okay? Extra virgin olive oil. Extra virgin olive oil. I was using some extra virgin olive oil the other night because I put about a teaspoon or a tablespoon of it into boiling water when I boil pasta. But I'm looking at the label and with my crazy brain, I'm thinking to myself, it's not olive oil. It's not virgin olive oil. It's extra virgin olive oil. So here's what I don't know because I'm ignorant and I don't want to use Google because I want to strangle George Soros. But why isn't there just olive oil? What is it that makes olive oil a virgin and what is it with this specific olive oil that makes it an extra virgin? Like, I just thought if you were a virgin, you were a virgin. You're either a virgin or you're not, right? If you've had sexual intercourse, you're not a virgin. If you've had intercourse, okay, if you haven't had sexual intercourse, you're a virgin. If you have, you're not a virgin. But how do you become an extra virgin? You know, like John, here's a pen, but here's some extras. Okay, I get that. I have a pen and now I have some extras. But how does a virgin or how does some olive oil become extra virgin? I know it's silly. I know it's stupid. I know it might be the simplest answer on the planet, but I seriously do not know. I'm not trying to be funny. I don't know why they just can't make olive oil or why there's virgin olive oil or why my girlfriend bought extra virgin olive oil. What makes it a virgin? Did the Are the olives having sex? Do olives fuck? Did I buy olive juice? that was not only a virgin, but she was actual, like extra careful about it. Like she wore a chastity belt, didn't even go to first base. Is that what makes her extra? I don't fucking get it, dude. Why can't we just call it virgin oil? Where's the vir, or just olive oil. That's what it is. Isn't it the, isn't it the olive? Isn't it oil from olives? So what makes it extra? I don't get it. All right. 
a perfect segue into that about this whole extra shit, all right? I'm a bartender, not currently, but I used to be. I was a graduate of the Boston Bartending School. Okay? Now, a martini is not vodka. That's, that's like the new martini way. A true martini is made with gin and vermouth. How much vermouth you put into a martini is how the customer orders it. Like if they just order a, let's say they want a Bombay Sapphire martini, and that's all they say. Then you're gonna put maybe about a quarter ounce of vermouth in there. But if they say, I want it dry, then you're only gonna put a couple drops of vermouth in there. If they say they want it extra dry, that means you're only gonna put maybe one drop of vermouth in there. If they say they want their Bombay Sapphire Martini bone dry, that means you literally don't put any in. So that's what they mean by when you order a martini. If you order it straight, you're getting vermouth. If you order it dry, you're getting a splash of vermouth. You order it extra dry, you're getting a drop of vermouth. If you order it bone dry, you get no vermouth. It's just gin, chilled, on ice, with the ice strained out in a martini glass and maybe an olive stuck in the top, right? But it's, it's how dry you order it determines the amount of vermouth. So with that same kind of concept, what is it about olive oil that makes the oil of an olive be virgin and then have it be like an extra virgin like not only did this olive oil not have sex but they like they didn't even kiss or some shit i don't know i don't get it i know it's crazy but i'm crazy so just embrace it okay this has been another episode of the views from the john podcast i of course have been your host john Ares. tune in next week again for episode 50 a lot more laughs a special guest or two, episode 50, the one-year anniversary of my comedy troupe, my production company, my podcast, my stand-up career, and a celebration of life. Uh, I hope you guys are having a great uh, first week of September. The weather's starting to get a little bit cooler, so enjoy it while it's here. I don't know, man. Hug and love your neighbor. Even if your neighbor loves Trump and you hate Trump, or your neighbor loves Biden and you hate Biden, or your neighbor loves Black Lives Matter and Antifa and you don't, go over there and give them a goddamn hug and say, I don't care. Because I'm going to let you be you and live, and you're going to let me and let me live. And we're not going to fight each other just because I love peanut butter and you don't. If everyone in this country could just collectively live their life, and let other people that don't see life the same way as them, if they just left them alone, there wouldn't be any protesting, there wouldn't be any victimhood, there wouldn't be any racism, there wouldn't be any sexism, there wouldn't be all these different groups of people that we've segregated each other into. It would just be one happy family. That's all I'm asking all of us to do. Whether you're extreme right, extreme left, sit in the middle, love Trump, hate Trump, love Biden, don't like Biden, don't care about politics, you're obsessed with politics, all I'm looking to fucking do is have everybody let each other live and let us live. We can agree to disagree. It's okay. I'm white, you're black. I'm straight, you're gay. You love Biden, I hate him or vice versa, it doesn't matter. We can still be friends. We can still be lovers. We can still be best friends. We can take on the world together. It's okay to disagree. 
Stop fighting and judging your neighbor. Let them live and they will let you live. And if we can all get on that page together, we have no more reason to fight each other. And that's what breaks my heart about America. It's not that I support or don't support BLM, okay? I see America burning down and I see Americans on both sides of the political coin fighting and now holding weapons in their hands. And there's innocent people dying and losing everything because of these riots. It's not good for America. It's not good for our children who we have to explain it to and have to watch it on TV. Have you had to explain Black Lives Matters to your children? Have you had to explain why there's armed citizens fighting and killing each other in the streets every day in this country? It doesn't need to be this way, people. Wake the fuck up. It's time to come together. What's happening right now is pushing America apart. It's creating segregation. You want to be progressive? Act like it and think about the repercussions of what's happening in America right now. Think. Take yourself out of your own asshole and think about what's going on in the big picture here. I'm not taking sides here, people. I just see Americans at each other's throat. Not just in Kenosha, not just in Portland, but literally in small town fucking Missouri, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Virginia. It doesn't matter. People are at each other's throat everywhere. And why? Because we've politicized mask wearing. Because we've politicized whose life matters. We've politicized whether cops are good or bad. Holy shit. This is what we're fighting about? It's ridiculous, man. It's time for all of us to quit the petty fucking bullshit and look at this planet as being the human race, one race, one country. Let's get on the same page and come together right now. Because we're weak as fuck. We're weak as fuck fighting each other in the streets when we're really after the same fucking thing. We're just missing each other on the communication, man. It's time to have a glass of milk, have a fucking cookie, put down your goddamn weapons on both sides and chill the fuck out. Do what's best for America, not what triggers you or what's best for you, okay? I hope you understood that. Again, this has been episode 49 of the Views from the John podcast. I've been your host, John Ares. Everybody, take care of yourself, love yourself, love your neighbor, and fucking live and let live, man. But, right? The Star Trek track? Trekkies hate that. I'm not a fan of Star Trek. So when I say Star Trek, I say track. T-R-A-C-K. That pisses off Star Trek people. But yeah, live long and prosper. Right? Live long and prosper and go watch Star Trek. All right? Jack. Later, man. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.